runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 399, AppX and AppV, with guest Steve Thomas. Recorded Wednesday, December 10th, 2014. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and thanks for listening to Run As Radio. We're getting towards the end of the year here, and the last show before 400. Yeah, that's right. It's 3.99, and my guest is Steve Thomas, who's a senior consultant working for Microsoft Enterprise Services with an overall specialty in areas of client solutions and deployment, with a focus on desktop application and user state virtualization as well as application compatibility. Welcome back, sir. Hey, good to be back. The uh, the life of the virtualizer is very good, it seems, these days. I'm busy, that, that's for sure. I <laughs> uh, got my hands on a lot of projects. Uh, uh, lately, I've been aligning with uh, the oil and gas industry and involved in a few projects. And I, I can see right now, you know, we're uh, mid-December here, and oil's down a lot. And in my mind, talking to to fellow consultants, we're in the time to optimize phase uh, for an industry like this. It's not that they stop spending money. It's that they really care about spending it smart. It's no longer a land grab. It's much more of a, how can we be more efficient? We've got to cut our costs here. Well, uh, not so much for what's going on right now, but uh, oil prices don't stay low forever. No, And uh, eventually the price of oil is going to go up. And that's that's going to hit customers, you know, in 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 the pocketbook. So uh, optimizing now while you can, yes, uh, is great. So when the price does go up, they can maintain an effective margin without, uh, uh, while at the same time competing with competitors. And it uh, it, it it it's what you want to be careful is you don't try to. Uh, Treat this uh, as a potential gravy train or as a potential, uh, you know, catastrophic event. For it's sure, oil oil is a commodity like anything else, and the price is going to rise and going to fall, um, not just with supply and demand, but obviously historically we have we've had geopolitical elements that yes. uh, have affected the price of oil as well. But uh, keep your fingers crossed, and uh, you know, for me, I have a hybrid vehicle. So uh, that just makes it even even, <laughs> even easier even on you. That much cheaper, yes, definitely. You, you know the and it, speaking of the price sensitivity side when it comes to technology, you know, I remember when server virtualization first really hit, and it was about reducing costs in the data center. But server virtualization morphed into the cloud, into this yep. elasticity of services. Right now, when I'm talking to my customers about application and desktop virtualization, the conversation usually opens with cost controls. Although the big thing for me dealing with very distributed companies is not having to have a a major IT presence in a branch office when it comes to installs and things, but being able to handle that much more remotely. I think that virtualization at any layer is the primary abstraction engine that makes the cloud possible. Right. And uh, that's how I explain it. Um, 
in terms of uh, you know server virtualization, storage virtualization, network virtualization, mm-hmm. all of that is what puts everything into a logical view and creates the abstraction element that uh, allows us to see our own view uh, rather than the ugly stuff and the technical stuff in the back end. Right. Which uh, we let the data center people handle that. So where are we at? You know, I, I've been working with some companies that are using VDI from VMware to do desktop virtualization. I've been pretty impressed with how comprehensive that is. Where is Microsoft at with desktop level virtualization? Uh, our VDI solution is getting stronger and stronger. We still partner with Citrix for large scale deployments. Right. Uh, but, uh, Windows Server 2012 R2 is creating a fantastic experience, uh, in, 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 in the realm of VDI, not only providing, uh, solid, uh, uh, underlying, uh, machine virtualization technologies, but advanced technologies such as remote FX, uh, couple that with the roaming scenarios that are provided with, uh, uh, app V and being able to stream applications on demand targeting users. Uh, and reducing the uh, footprint of VMs and allowing for more pooled sharing. And then, you know, when I was last year, we talked about UEV where your app settings could also travel to you. So you right. can with, 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 with you as well. And, uh, that, um, that ties in as well with the new experience that we have with Windows 8.1 and the forthcoming Windows 10, where we continue to move into a portal type store type uh, environment where customers can leverage the Windows Store or at the same time uh, create their own custom store portal, like a company portal, mm-hmm. and optimize the delivery of the applications, either streaming the applications down or um, having the applications pre-deployed. The key to doing that is uh, really and truly a, a concept I call package modernization, or, or where we package the applications in a format that is portable and more modern. This strikes and, me as really interesting because it's really separating application virtualization from desktop virtualization. That I could keep using my desktop the way I always have, but start to virtualize certain apps into the equation? Correct. Uh, see, virtualization of applications, uh, really serves two functions. And we've, we've, we've often only focused on one of those functions. We've, we've focused on the concept of virtualization or isolation, where we, uh, you basically self-contain the application and its assets in a bubble right. to provide app, app to app isolation. But, uh, an, an, another element that, Another key technology that comes through that is the notion of separating everything into a pre-installed state mm-hmm. into what I like to call one ball of goo. Rather <laughs> than have an MSI that you have to walk through and have an installation. Um, and yes, while MSI can be scripted, at V, everything is installed in a permanent st- – in, in, in a steady state and it's just uh, – in a one-step process, the application is actually quote-unquote installed, and not to mention the format can also be streamed down uh, on demand. And that element is the packaging benefit of, app, of, 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 of application virtualization. And what's interesting is we have unified with uh, App V5 and Windows, starting with Windows 8, the uh, – packaging standard 
to align with what's known as OPC or the Open Package Convention. Mm-hmm. Now, the Open pa- Open Package Convention, we kind of started moving to that years ago with uh, the Office document format uh, to where we had aligned with Open XML and you'd have the DocX, XLSX, and the uh, print pipeline XML paper specification with XPS. Um, with Windows 8 and Windows RT, we introduced the concept of the AppX package format, which is how our modern applications, our Windows Store-based applications, are actually packaged. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is for App V5, we based the new App V package format off of the AppX standard to where uh, essentially App V the AppV package is just AppX with some additional information designed, some additional metadata uh, for use with AppV. Nice. So, in essence, going forward, we've created a method to now allow for uh, environments, uh, customers, and administrators and app packagers to align their new modern applications uh, to the AppX standard. And then take their legacy applications, their what we call pre-Windows store or pre-modern applications, and you can take App V and now package them into an App V format. And what you you have what I call one package standard to rule them all. Nice. <laughs> I, I mean, enterprises have been slow to adopt the Windows Store apps. I think because the side load's just been too hard. So it sounds like this is addressing side loading. Well, side loading as a whole is being addressed and improved upon within Windows 10 going forward. Uh, there's, uh, there, 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 there's, uh, discussion on the roadmap, which I can't really go into detail, sure. but let's just say improvements are coming. Yes. And you will possibly see a convergence of, uh, of, of an AppV and AppX world down the road. Well, you know, this begs the, the, we've been using MDT for a while to create a sort of right. standard configuration template for our, uh, in our, our enterprise machines. And, and that's worked pretty well. You know, we've separated off the driver re- reliance and so forth. And you can handle a few profiles of app configuration, but you still pretty much push everything to the machine every time. Right. And the, so the idea of being able to stream pieces based on what people actually use and, and have more granularity over that, that, that to me is exci- more exciting than dealing with the Windows Store side of things. Just not having to front load so much work each time you deploy a machine. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. So when customers start looking to, okay, we need to, uh, seriously consider, uh, rolling out a VDI solution. Right. If nothing else for, uh, offshoring shift sharing or for a better VPN alternative for yep. work from home scenarios, be, bring your own devices. And so they're like, all right, well, let's, uh, let's create some standard virtual machines. Let's, gr- let's break out our MDT images. And they realize, whoa, these are some large MT, yes. MDT images here. Uh, um, you're going to haul these over the wire, huh? We're going to have quite a bit of, uh, of, uh, Static VM growth. So we need to try to number one, uh, pull as many VD, uh, uh, VMs as possible, uh, to reduce the, uh, the, the static VM growth. Right. And at the same time, keep that, try to keep that base image as small as possible. And, um, like you said, uh, user targeting applications, um, and non persistent scenarios to where users can, 
um, and, and, and not only uh, stream their applications on demand, but then recycle the VMs quickly mm-hmm. and have a fast turnaround at the same time, uh, possibly even uh, allowing the same VMs to be used 24-7 across three shifts, well, you're talking a significant reduction in, in, in overhead and cost. Sure, you're getting the most out of your licensing there, that's for sure. Definitely. The challenge, of course, is when you're talking about three shifts, maybe you're talking about around the world. So it's everybody just right. working during the day, but in three different major time zone groups. And now where that VDI host lives matters a lot. Because latency is a bugger. Like, that's the thing you can't beat. Right. And that's, that, that, that is why, uh, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of organizations don't necessarily do the, uh, the, the global sharing, especially, uh, in places where the, the RDP or RGS or ICA connection might be actually questionable crossing oceans. Right. So, th- so they'll, they'll essentially keep it limited to, uh, you know, ge- geographical clusters like uh, an America's cluster, uh, an EMEA, uh, Europe, Middle East, Africa cluster, and an Asia Pacific and cluster. The, yeah. It seems to be the three, uh, and, yep. it, and it's pure latency. It's the H, depending on what side of the ocean, that's 150 milliseconds. And uh, if you're really going to go to this true VDI model where the, I mean, the cool part here is now we have little offices with mediocre pipes, but all IPSEC. And they are able to, uh, and, and very lightweight terminals on the, on the client end. Like you don't need a lot of hardware out there anymore. You're basically sending keystrokes and getting back images over the wire. We have an RDP client now for Windows Phone. Yeah. That's spooky. <laughs> even, yeah. I, 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 unfortunately, I got to have a larger device for RDP. <laughs> well, I, my old age is caught up to well, me. Well, these okay. days, what size of phone we're talking about, they get pretty darn big. <laughs> they do. They they they, they do. Some of the sure. Note three and the Nokia fifteen twenty. I mean, you sure those are still phones? Right. It's pretty funny, but it, yeah, this this model certainly is something my customers are looking at in a big way. That they want to have a a handful of fairly high performance servers that are running the the virtual desktop infrastructure, and then they have smaller branch offices that are all communicating into them. And this way, they certainly infosec is good that the actual data is living in this central repository, not out at those branch offices at all. Uh, cost of deployment out onto the field is the biggest one is they don't want to have an IT person in that remote office to make sure the install actually works. Exactly. Yeah. That, that to me and- seems to be the constraining resource more than anything is tech support. And that's where Azure is kicking in, right? Because they're they're just, let's just take it a step further. Let's just outsource this completely. And um, the key the key for the the key for that kind of growth with Azure is for us to accelerate uh, the desktop as a service uh, scenarios, which uh, we're 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 in the process of doing that. Um, at you know as as well. Yeah, that's it's exciting stuff, and it is a challenge to get right. And I want to dig into the instrumentation on that. But before we do that, uh, let me pay the bills by saying Run As Radio is brought to you by ScriptRock, makers of Guardrail and the fighters of Configuration Drift. Configuration Drift happens in every environment, from five nodes to 5,000. Guardrail will find and scan the configs of every node in your application, no matter the platform, and alert you to changes happening across machines. Give it a try for three months free with the coupon code RUNASRADIO, all one word at scriptrock.com slash RUNASRADIO. 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the biggest battle that I get into when we start really getting into VDI is, do you know how the client's performance really works? Like, how happy are users when they're living in a fully virtualized world? The the biggest pain point that we still have with customers is the concept of a multiple desktop. Right. So there are ways around that. Obviously, uh, remote app, Citrix, and you know, as you know, we have Azure remote app with, mm-hmm. a, as well. Uh, but with a little retraining, for the most part, the users, w- w- the users who have to have both physical laptops and virtual app uh, and a virtual desktop environment, um, are, fi- are finding, are, are finding a little bit of, uh, of, of an inconvenience going back and forth. Right. But, uh, for the organizations that are, uh, restricting the users to the dumb terminals, for example, or the intel- I, I hate calling them dumb terminals, yeah. but the, the intelligent terminals, uh, where the virtual desktop is their only experience because outside of an RDP client, they don't have any kind of, uh, of, of application, uh, on the actual local physical machine. Yes. And this also works really well for the bring your own device. You want to use an iPad? Okay. I install this one app, this client app to the VDI. Nothing else goes on your iPad. And if I turn off your access to that, I have, there's nothing on your iPad that I care about. Right. Now, um, aside from Office, which is greatly improved on the iPad, um, Generally, and it's hard for me not to sound biased, obviously, because I work for Microsoft. Sure. But, uh, and, and we go out of our way to, pr- to provide flexibility for both Android devices, uh, Windows devices and, um, and, and, uh, iOS devices on the inside. But due to the differences in the keyboard and the layout and the, in the, in the controls that, uh, on the actual, uh, iOS, there is some pain points for users when they try to run an office for application sure. that they're used to using a Windows uh, machine or a PC and a PC keyboard from an iPad, there's a bit of an adjustment on yeah. that side. Well, and certainly we hear that when folks are trying to, that's not what an iPad was really for. People try and use it for everything, but it's, it's not the design to do that. Right. So how challenging is it to get down to this precise instrumentation at the desktop level to say, how is the responsiveness of this app? How, you know, the individual pieces that people are using? I mean, this is stuff I'm doing on regular desktop deployments, but it seems to be harder to do with VDI. Well, the big, the big thing is to have accurate performance metrics. And, um, I, I would have to say that, uh, login VSI and, uh, Things like Project Virtual Reality Check or Project VRC, you may have seen them at TechEd. Uh, they've they've been at the last few TechEds, and they're ran by a, a, a bunch of Microsoft MVPs who are very fluent in our RDS technologies and our uh, our uh, Hyper-V and AppV technologies mm-hmm. have. Uh, spend a significant amount of time creating benchmarks and creating recommendations and performance tuning guides for um, things that are, are, are practical. And let, let, let's take Office, for example. Um, Office is a uh, ubiquitous application. So odds are there's every every user that you run into is going to in your organization is going to have a use case for office right so it makes sense to keep office in the base image and not and not stream office down sure because everybody's um, going to always going to use it at least outlook right. word excel and you know even when streaming applications large platform i call them platform applications like office and visual studio 
um, it, you're, you're, you're going to have a significant, you're going to take a significant hit on that first launch experience. Number one. Number two, all that bandwidth that's going to be consumed on the network every time you have to stream this large application down. So it, it doesn't make sense for, for, for that type of scenario. And just getting office and in, back into the base image, um, is often a, uh, a a a big improvement. And there's, there's always a debate here about because Office is one of the things you can deliver with 365 and right. completely separate it from your VDI entirely. Well, that's where AppV comes in, right? Because uh, AppV uh, c- can take your subscription license uh, and uh, take your click to run stream and flatten it into a package that you can then preload. Nice. Yeah. So you can use that same set of licenses either yeah. way. Yep. And that that's pretty compelling. So for folks who are looking at this and saying, how am I going to get started? Like, where, what's the gradually pregnant approach? Because I think VDI itself is intimidating just because you're going to completely change the user's experience. So the... The, 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 the biggest, the, the, the most gradual approach you could probably do is first way, if, if it's a single application, consider, consider hosting only the application. Right. Um, you know, I have to admire, uh, uh, our, our partners at Citrix for mastering the non-persistent application hosting experience with, uh, ZenApp and Citrix provisioning services. Mm-hmm. Um, our, Many of many of our customers, in fact, the running joke at Microsoft is, is if you work in MCS and are in the RDS or AppV space, uh, you best better know Zen Desktop and Zen App because I, all all of our customers are using that as well. <laughs> so, um, but it does it does offer an interesting approach to I've got one, let's you know, sort of old school app that my company still depends on. I can now wrap it in something that will deploy anywhere I need to deploy and and protect me from a lot of those common issues around old school apps. Correct. And if you decide that if if the cost of the data center and uh it or if you're an organization that you may feel is do I have the resources or do I want to invest in maintaining the back end infrastructure that's going to require this? Then we have Azure as an outsource approach with a remote app um, in the cloud. Interesting. Well, that's sort of now we're headed down this path of app V as a service, right? Yes, we are. In fact, it's funny you mentioned that uh, we've been working with some test cases. We have a a customer uh, um, in Ontario that uh, is currently streaming applications from the cloud using AppV mm-hmm. to their various school districts where AppV is actually hosted uh, in the cloud in terms of publishing and content. And then they just uh, have the uh, the local boards connect up and the applications are provisioned based upon user targeting. And uh, it, it, it works very well. And, of course, we've got many additional services in Azure that can help yes. facilitate that Azure AD. Uh, not just hosting VMs. Well, that that's always the question: is am I actually getting that service by hosting, right, uh, renting an Azure VM that runs AppV, or is there an AppV service where I only own the configuration? the The service itself is something I pay for by the month. That's a good question. Right now, AppV is only available as a hosted service running on a VM. Right. So you do have the VM maintenance and the VM portal, but uh, 
as far as the availability Azure makes sure that that is, is there for you. Yeah, you get that so, uptime, but you're still right. responsible for the patching and things like that. I mean, that's when we really think about AppV as a service, it's I no longer care about the server on the back end. I provision right. sufficient resources. I'm paying per app or per user or some combination of the both. And you're incented to serve me as fast as possible to bill me as much as possible. Right. Uh, the closest thing we have to that is to basically have an AppV package available uh, through Azure Remote App. But AppV in and of itself is the cloud service we don't have at at, at this point yet. Yes, the word is right. yet. It's right. uh, to me these you know the higher we can move up the stack towards software as a service, the happier my customers are, and you know the less servers they really need to own, they just can break all that stuff out. It's pretty exciting. So it, to me, it's very clear on the horizon that this is a next wave of platform style, style services I'm going to be able to get as an IT administrator. And just to circle back, what makes that available? That modern package format. Right. Yes. This, <laughs> this AppX format to me is really interesting. I mean, it, so far it seems very Microsoft centric, much more than OPC is. Well, um, that, that, there, 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 there is truth to that, mm-hmm. but, uh, bear in mind that it, it, it's all based off of OPC right. and it's completely open. So anybody wants to adopt it can adopt it. It's just a question exactly. of time too. I mean, everybody's moving in their own direction here, but uh, it's good to see at least using publishing open standards and saying, hey, you're welcome to use this. There's nothing proprietary here per se. Correct. Well, it's, a, it's these are interesting times. Uh, I quickly pulled up uh, projectvrc.com just to see, all right, well, yeah, here's a group of folks that are doing their best to try and figure out, is the client side experience sufficient with these AppV uh, tools? How do you measure this? It yeah, like- it's a good it, it 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 it's a good resource, and of course, Login VSI is a a, a company in Europe that uh, is, uh, um, I believe, partic- still participates in Project VRC. And um, if you search channel9.msdn.com, you will find uh, many of their tech ed presentations recorded. Right. So yeah, it's, it's clearly this is an ongoing project. So and you're pretty comfortable with this idea of of starting with application virtualization first and and looking at desktop virtualization completely independently. Uh, yes, because the nice thing about application virtualization it, that portable app format can still can still be delivered to physical desktops. It's integrated with Config Manager, right? Um, and of course, it can be streamed on demand if you have your own type of software portal. Some people put their own custom websites where users just point and click, and then boom, an app streams down. Um, it can be incorporated with third party ESDs if you have customers out there using Altiris, for example, um, and uh, Again, it uh, is flexible with uh, user environments, not just UEV, but if you're using AppSense or RES or Video as well. Um, AppV is pretty you what we call UEM agnostic once the client is configured properly, right. and we offer guidance for that too. And you know, when we talked last time, which is I guess back July of the, of 2014. We also talked a little bit about the sort of user experience virtualization that, in my mind, sat between AppV and full desktop virtualization. Correct, uh, because you you got to have your settings. Right. And uh, the nice thing about UEV is UEV doesn't care about the package format or virtualization of the app itself. Mm-hmm. So you can in, in, essentially roam 
uh, your app settings, whether your app is actually running virtualized or whether you're sitting at your laptop or desktop and you've got an MSI-based deployment of the application. So this is the progression then. Start virtualizing your apps, then virtualize the user experience, then go to the desktop. Uh, if you want the gradual stack approach, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, okay. Well, because there, I mean, we, and we, some of us are prone to big bang that we're going to do it all. Once you're going to go desktop virtualization, you have to do the other two. The other two are sort of come along for the ride one way or the other. It's just a question well, of how it, fast you want to move. Order is, is key. You know, mm-hmm. when, when you're dealing, let's take, uh, OS migrations, for example. Well, um, before you <laughs> migrate to the OS, you've got, of course, uh, make sure your applications are going to be compatible. Right. And uh, then you're, once your applications are compatible, you want to decide on how you're going to package these applications. And that's a great time to introduce application virtualization during sure. that phase. And then you decide, okay, how am I going to deploy this OS? Am I going to deploy this OS um, as as, as as VMs for test piloting? Am I going to deploy this OS to desktops? Are we going to... Um, in, are you going to introduce how many variables do you want to introduce at once? Right. Especially variables of change. Yes. That's, that's always a question. Well, and, and you can certainly justify app V just to contain an old school app and simplify the deployment of that. Um, the, I mean, what's the stimulus for UEV? Is it really roaming profile? Well, what's good with UEV is it's stored, uh, the setting storage is actually in what's called a PKGX file, which is also based off of the Open Package Convention. Interesting. So it all ties back to OPC. Yep. And so these are settings for individual apps for individual users? Yep. So UEV is not all or nothing either. I can pick individual apps that I want to have the user's virtualization uh, or user's configuration information virtualized. Correct. Um, I don't. I. I don't even like to use the concept or the term virtualization. I like to call it state separated, but right. uh, it does isolate like virtualization. Es- essentially, um, you can use UEV as an alternative to roaming profiles if right. you only need to roam certain settings for certain applications. Which yeah. it, you know the scary part when you grab a whole profile is sometimes those profiles can be big. Well, and it all ties back into that logon experience. And in VDI, logon experience is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want that to happen quickly. But again, yeah, I, I like this progression part. Getting people gradually pregnant here is we wrap a couple of apps, then we wrap their 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 settings and and package up the configuration for it. And and then when you want to look at VDI, you say, well, we've yep. already got these pieces done. We just cleared up a few more things, and VDI comes along for the ride. Right. Maybe I'm an optimist. I'm not sure. Nothing wrong with being optimistic. There you go. Uh, with Steve, we're at about just about a half hour here. Uh, what have we missed in the latest uh, around AppV and AppX from Microsoft? Are there other things people need to look at? We just released AppV5 Service Pack 3. Nice. So good to look at the latest bits. Lots of changes. And I found the AppV5 overview video. So I'll include that in the links for folks to take a good look at it and see where you're at. Awesome. Steve Thomas, thanks so much for talking to me today. Good to talk to you again. And I'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio. 